China undermines Democrats by rolling back taxes. And Biden covers up the Maui disaster. Literally. They're building a wall to keep people out of Lahaina. They won't secure the U.S. border, but Maui is safe from Americans. Okay, people, let's begin. Liftoff! Get up, everybody! Are you ready to be baited with the truth? Good, because you're listening to the Truth Bait Podcast. I'm documentary filmmaker and podcaster, Andrew Marcus. Flying solo today as we deconstruct America's propaganda war and reconstruct America's cultural narrative. Ladies and gentlemen... Boys and girls of all ages, let's get to the truth. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Off the top, I'm going to tell you, beg you, ask you, plead, share the show. Please share the show. Share the show. That's how we grow. Rate the show. I want to thank people for rating the show. I noticed that on Spotify now we have... Uh, I have uh, fourteen ratings, fifteen ratings, a hundred thousand ratings. I don't, I don't, I forget the number. But people have been rating it at Spotify. Thank you very much. People have been rating it at uh, Apple iTunes. If you go to our iTunes page, uh, uh, our show page, you scroll all the way down. You'll see where you can rate the show. Give it five stars and uh, leave a comment. Leave a comment. I think you can leave more than one comment, can't you? If you've left a comment before, leave another comment. We love it. Uh, And write me, truth at truthbait.com. Truth at truthbait.com. Let's get into it today. Uh, Let's start in Maui, actually. And... uh, Something happened in Maui that is absolutely unbelievable and is just like something that we've been reporting on in China. Listen to this. This comes out of, uh, let's see, it is, uh, this was posted to the Twitter handle, uh, uh, Cygnus Jeff, let's see. C Y G N U S G E O F F. That's the Twitter handle. And he describes himself as a volunteer real news reporter. And he is, because this clip comes out of Maui. There seems to be a huge emphasis on ensuring that the media and anyone else can't see what's going on here in Lahaina, West Maui. There are miles and miles of this black fence going up that was not here before that is obscuring ground zero and making sure no one can see what's going on inside of there from the road. No one can get in there. No one can take any pictures. And then I've also seen these weird foreign police cars showing up, these special police. What I, I'm not sure what to call them. This is a Nissan, but there's quite a large presence of these standing guard around the perimeter. We've also 
lost our ability to fly drones really anywhere near this area. Now this 20 second clip here that I, I tried to get out of my car and show what was going on, I was almost immediately after these 20 seconds, National Guard came, chased me off, yelled at me, told me to get back in my car and keep moving. So you cannot pull over, you can't even stop your car anywhere near any of this anymore. Now, if you've been paying attention, uh, I think it was episode 47 is where this came from. This was from the China Report, and they were reporting on the uh, unprecedented floods that had taken place in China. I think may still actually be taking place in China. And they were covering uh, the CCP's response to a to the infrastructure that was destroyed during this flooding, and specifically uh, this uh, bridge that is just absolutely destroyed. And uh, China did exactly what, the CCP did exactly what the Biden administration did in Lahaina. They uh, erected a wall uh, to prevent people from being able to see uh, the disaster of this uh, particular bridge. Imagine you are the Chinese government, yes. okay? Yes. Now you've got to send out your rescue workers because right. this bridge has collapsed. Yes. What would you do? Let me ask you, what would you do if this is what you were faced with? Here's a half-collapsed bridge, okay? It started to subside now. Now you can send in the rescue workers. What's the first thing you do? You absolutely send in rec rescue workers from the air to get an aerial view to see if there's any stragglers or people mm. floating around. You send in boats from the side, mm -hmm. rescue rafts. You get a whole sure. team. You get firefighters. You get ropes. You get everything you can. Right? Sure. Because you, you're in the capital. This is where all this stuff is. All sure. the rescue workers and the best equipment is in Beijing. Rather than go and actually address the problem, they send the people out to put up these barriers on the side so nobody can see it. They physically censored the bridge collapse so people don't think that a bridge collapsed so you can't see the collapse instead of bridge rescuing from the road yes instead so, of rescuing yeah instead of sending people out to actually address the problem the priority of the chinese government is to censor that there is a problem sound familiar the reports out of maui are awful that the authorities had blocked the road out of lahaina I guess because they didn't want to create a panic. I, I, I don't know why. Why would you block the road out of Lahaina? They didn't release water for six hours. Uh, the, it's in dispute whether or not the power lines were deactivated. I, I think the way that what's in dispute is whether or not they were de deactivated for a second part, a second fire. The, I think they agree that the first, the initial fire uh, started because of the power lines that uh, hadn't been deactivated. And again, I mean, how crazy is that? They sent the children home. This was, they canceled school and sent the children home, but they didn't deactivate the power lines. And the winds that were blowing there are not special. I know that there was, there was a hurricane that was, uh, Increasing the winds, but this was this is not unique. This happens. So man-made disaster, government. Uh, you know, you could think it's a conspiracy, uh, or you could think it's just government uh, malfeasance, ineptitude. Either way, the that the response that they are spending any energy wrapping a fence around Lahaina 
that this is their focus. We've got to keep people out. We've got to keep the media out. He can't even fly a drone anymore. There's no flying drones there anymore. It's like close encounters of the third kind. They're probably going to release uh, gas so that uh, you know they'll, they'll put animals to sleep. They'll be asleep on the side of the road, the ones that survived the fire, just to keep people back even more. This is bizarre stuff. I don't think it's Biden. I don't think Biden even uh, is fully aware of uh, what he had for lunch. This is Obama. This is Maobama. We're looking a lot like the Chinese. We're even we're, we're even cutting back data. The Chinese cut back data too. Um, let's see what did they? Oh yeah, the the youth unemployment reports in China were uh, be, becoming disaster. Everybody's unemployment uh, reports are becoming a disaster in China. So what did they do? They stopped reporting. China's government has announced that data on youth employment will no longer be made public. From August this year, China will suspend the release of the surveyed urban unemployment rate data on young people and other age groups. With the improvement of education levels, young people in China spend more time on studying in colleges and universities. Therefore, further research needs to be done to define the age range for young people in the labor force survey. <laughs> That's right. People are just so much smarter now. We can't count them the same way. The same way. So, uh, I guess... Uh, if you have a, uh, a rural job in China, that's different than having uh, an urban job in China. Uh, they can't be counted the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, they're just, they just stop the reporting of bad news. And, it, well, okay. This comes in from uh, Janice in Arizona. Uh, CDC now refusing new COVID vaccine adverse event reports in its V-Safe program. This is from the Brownstone Institute. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention V-Safe website quietly stopped collecting adverse event reports with no reason or explanation. The V-Safe website simply states, thank you for your participation. <laughs> Data collection for COVID-19 vaccines concluded on June 30th, 2023. Did you, does anybody know about that? Did anybody else know about that? If you go there today, it says, V-Safe directs users to the FDA's VAERS website for adverse event reporting even though officials continually, uh, continually derided VARES as passive and unverified. While CDC's V-Safe was stealth, stealthily and abruptly turned off, refusing to accept new safety reports, to this very day, the CDC continues to urge everyone ages six months and older to stay up to date with COVID-19 vaccines and boosters. On top of this, both manufacturers and the FDA refuse to share the list of ingredients, such as lipid nanoparticles, which could affect individuals differently and take a long time to manifest clinically. And then, the, and then it goes on to make this great point. Now, 
Contrast that with the fact that the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration will still accept a safety report for a 30-year-old Ford Bronco 2. Okay, now, let me just, I I, want to just say one thing. It's not, that analogy to the Ford Bronco 2 is maybe not uh, a direct analogy because if the transportation agency had a separate website that was devoted specifically to the Ford Bronco 2 and then they discontinued it, uh, you can still reported to the uh, Transportation Safety Administration. It, the, the, the V-safe site being taken down doesn't mean you can't report COVID-19 vaccine injuries. They're just having you report them to VAERS. That's not, I don't, I don't mean to diminish what they've done here. Uh, they're totally de-emphasizing vaccine injuries from the COVID vaccine as they're about to roll out uh more uh recommendations which turn into mandates to take an updated vaccine they they are uh, and they did it stealthily stealthily as the as the report indicates so yeah they're 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 uh making sure that the vaccine injuries are all lumped together with every other kind of injury that would be reported there. The COVID vaccine injuries with every other vaccine injury. Helps them muddy the waters, I think, and probably makes it harder to search. And I'm betting that the V-Safe program uh, had different types of reports that you could draw out of the data than what you can get at VAERS. So they're, they're, they're hiding the data. They're hiding the data. Just like China. Isn't that fabulous? Oh, these are, Vavik Ramaswamy is correct. These are very dark times. So we might as well do a, uh, a let's move into our China update. That's right. When you hear that music, that means it's time for our China update. Uh, this is uh, the economic bad news continues for China, but this particular story jumped out at me because, <laughs> in a weird way, it undermines the Democrats on tax policy. Uh, here's the headline. Billions of dollars are flowing out of Chinese markets in seismic change in capital flows, despite a flurry of actions to shore up confidence. Uh, written by Will Daniel. And um, uh, yeah, here, uh, yeah, Will Daniel at fortune.com. Uh, uh, over the weekend, Chinese authorities cut in half the tax charged on stock trades called a stamp duty and lowered the amount of collateral a trader has to deposit in order to borrow money to invest in stocks in a bid to boost investor confidence. Okay. Uh, So the thing that undermines the Democrat tax policy, Democrats have wanted forever to institute a tax on stock trades. That's exactly what this is. China has a tax on stock trades. They call it a stamp duty. And Democrats want the exact same thing. And what is China doing? China's 
backing away from it. They're, they cut it in half because it's a failure. It's an anchor around their system. And right now they're trying to inject uh, cash, investment, uh, investor confidence. <laughs> but I would also just add that uh, I, if you've been paying attention to the United States, loosening your money supply, making it easy for people to borrow by lowering uh, collateral requirements, uh, it, it's not exactly going to boost investor confidence. It, I guess it will boost enthusiasm, irrational exuberance. <laughs> uh, it will create a bubble. This is exactly what's been happening here. Uh, uh, we make our, our money loose in the ways that we can. Uh, yes, if you're an investor and you're borrowing, uh, uh, it changes your calculation. It makes you more bullish to make the investment, but it makes you riskier. If you're looking at it in the macro, it makes the entire economy riskier because uh, uh, all these risky bets are being placed, just like here. Uh yeah, so that's I think that's actually the end of my China update. I hope you guys like that music. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um, oh, you know what? Because I'm solo, I've noticed that I can really like cover a lot of ground. And do it very quickly because I'm just I'm talking to myself here. Uh, I wish Jeremy was here, but uh, he is not here. Uh, uh, but it means that in a lightning fast, like 20 minutes, here we are. Boom! We're at the ask. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We've reached that point in the broadcast where I get to explain to you how it is. We do business here at the Truth Bay Podcast because we do not have corporate sponsors. You don't hear any commercials uh, except for this commercial right here that I'm about to do, which is to tell you about the value for value model. That's how we do business here. Uh, if we had corporate sponsors, we would not be able to talk about the things that we do uh, or cover the subjects we want to cover. It, it's, it's called conspiracy theory. It is deemed unsafe for uh, for brands. It's not brand safe. This content is not brand safe. So uh, that means we rely on our citizen sponsors. You are our listeners. You are not just our listeners. You are our producers. And by way of example, uh, I read it in the uh, in the second or in the first segment uh, from uh, uh, Janice, the story that Janice uh, from Arizona sent in uh, about uh, the uh, ending of reporting for the VSafe program, uh, much like China cutting off uh, uh, reporting of data. Uh, this show exists because of our producers. Uh, so uh, that is how uh, you know we ask people if you are experiencing value from listening to this podcast. Is it information you haven't heard before? Uh, is it is it 
enlightening? Uh, does it make you think? Does it make you laugh? Then uh, we ask you to return value to the podcast, just like Janice from Arizona, by sending us content at truthatruthbait.com. Send us stories, send us tips, uh, send us clips, send us time codes, send us uh, just send, send us your feedback, send us your advice. Um, those are, uh, that's very valuable to us, especially as I'm flying solo because, uh, uh, I can only find so much content on my own and I rely on all of you, the listeners to send me what you're seeing and what you, and what you want this podcast to be. The other way to return value is to share the show and rate the show. I talked about that not too long ago, just a few minutes ago, but I can't say it enough. Go rate the show leave a comment. It's very helpful. And share the show. Share the show. And I have been getting feedback, you know, in our last episode. Jeremy and I were talking about what are we going to do with this podcast? He is, uh, his schedule is very rigid right now. It makes it very difficult for him to join the podcast. He, I know he wants to be here uh, for every episode. The show is, I think, much more fun uh, to produce when he is participating. The show is better with him than without him. Uh, but uh, I, I really appreciate the encouragement that people have sent in, uh, uh, you know, really suggesting that we press on even as we, you know, maybe decide uh, on how to alter this format while we're in this period where Jeremy is just not available as regularly as he would like to be, or as I would like him to be, or as you would like him to be. Uh, so, you know, look, I'm going to bring you the truth bait podcast. Um, when there is content that I think just needs to come your way. I, I really felt like, you know, I noticed this pattern uh, in Maui, between Maui, the way uh, they're covering up Maui and the way the CCP is was covering up damage to their floods, and I just felt like, okay, that's an episode I've got to. I had that needs to be uh, put out, uh, and, you know. And so here we are. That's the, and so if there is content that I think is worthy uh, of an episode, then it will come out. Uh, uh, I hope to you know, maybe use the format to produce other types of content when Jeremy is not available. Maybe we will introduce other guests to the show, other people. Uh, not that anybody could uh, fill Jeremy's shoes. Uh, I think his his perspective and his uh, approach is that unique. Um, there are other people who bring unique uh, uh, perspectives to the table potentially, and maybe we can uh, bring in other people to uh, to join the Truth Bait podcast uh, and keep it interesting. Because I do think, while I know that I am brilliant, and the words uh, dripping forth from my uh, from my mouth are uh, from my tongue are uh, of immense value. Uh, and we, of course, everybody would listen to this show with just me, even if it was a three, four, five, six hour show. I'm that interesting. I just think it's much better uh, with other interesting people. Um, otherwise, I'm just talking to myself. You are just listening to me talk to myself. It's almost crazy 
It's uh, <sighs> or maybe it's therapeutic. Anyway, I want to actually read a couple of emails that came in from Jeff from Elkhorn. Jeff from Elkhorn, thank you very much. He says, hunker down and carry on. We need the voice of truth bait. Jeff, thank you very much. And we need the we need the voice of Jeff from Elkhorn. Uh, and we will carry on, Jeff. We are going to carry on. Uh, Jeff also writes, he says, you guys are building an ark. Took the last guy 120 years, and then the animals came. And he says, "Cue the yeah, cue the angelic music." No, here, wait, wait, wait. Uh, be patient. You you two are a necessary team. Remember, there's no I in team. And then he says, "Cue angelic music theme." Keep up the good slash great work. Okay, thank you, Jeff. Thank you very much, and you too. As a producer and all of our producers, you guys are really what's inspiring me to keep it going uh, and to uh, try and, and and make it something of of you know top level interest. Uh, you're you're devoting your time. I'm devoting my time uh, producing the show. You are devote. It is not lost on me that you are devoting your time listening to the show and interacting and, and sending in what you send in. In fact, even if you're just listening, that's an investment. You don't get the time back. Uh, and I appreciate it. It is not lost on me. And it's why I try to, uh, it's why I don't want to just produce, uh, you know, uh, an episode just because there needs to be an episode because of the schedule. Uh, I would rather bring you quality uh, than quantity. All right, enough of that. Uh, Jeff also, uh, he, oh yeah, he let's see, he wrote about um, the uh, our Africa update music, and he says because he had written about, uh, he said he had suggested. Uh, night in Tunisia, and Jeremy and I auditioned it in the last episode and decided, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really sound racist enough uh, for it to, to be our lead. And this is our, this is our, uh, yeah, yeah, it's this is a very racist lead in for our African update, I think. Our China update's probably pretty racist too, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, he says. Now you really cracked me up regarding Night in Tunisia, suggested theme for Africa not being racist enough. And so he says, here you go. And this is what he suggested our uh, Africa update theme be. (laughs) Jeff and Elkhart, that is so racist. I cannot believe that that is what you think the theme should be. Uh, Maybe we can... You know, maybe we can mix the two. Let's see if we can mix the two. It's the Africa update. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, there go our corporate sponsorships. That is why we work on the value for value model. Hopefully you find some value in the uh, Africa update music. All right, so the Africa update. 
You know, I have been saying in my coverage of what's been going on in Africa uh, within Niger, and uh, they had the coup there, uh, throwing out the elected president. But basically, really, what I've been saying has been going on is that the United States, the CIA, has been working to undermine uh, France's president, Macron, ever since Macron went to China and undermined the United States uh, as they were trying to consolidate pressure in Europe against China. Uh, and ever since then, things have been going pretty rough for Macron. He had riots in his country. Uh, and uh, now he seems to have lost his foothold in Africa. And this is a report that comes from first post out of india it's been over a month since the coup in niger and supporters of the junta are celebrating they see the coup as a new dawn a second independence from france as it were we don't want the french here we don't like them the french say that niger is a poor country and this is these are comments coming from uh, people selected by the uh, the military junta uh, to give their to give this is the narrative that is the approved narrative to be distributed out to the world. But when we tell them to leave, they refuse. I've come here to demand the departure of French troops from Niger. That's what I've come to demonstrate today, and they have to hear us. I know they can hear us. And this was at a rally that the uh, military had organized. They called it the Million Man March. The Million Man March. I mean, CIA. Again, I'm not saying, I guess I am saying it's very spooky. This is, uh, they call it the Million Man March. Okay. Uh, so they are demanding that the French ambassador depart, that France get out. They're kicking France out. And now they're issuing ultimatums. On Friday, the French ambassador was told to leave the country. He was given 48 hours to do so. Last we checked, he was still in Niger and planned to stay. Some reports said the U.S. and German ambassadors were also asked to go, but those have now been refuted. It seems for now, only the old colonizer France has drawn the junta's ire. The junta is mobilizing volunteer fighters. Thousands have reportedly joined. The idea is to put pressure on the French to leave. The last coup supporter's plan seems to be in motion. The French ambassador's deadline to leave has passed. He's still in the army, like we told you. So water and power supply to the French embassy have reportedly been cut. Food deliveries aren't being allowed either. From the looks of it, the French embassy is being besieged. The junta is trying to smoke the ambassador out. <laughs> okay, so it's going really well. <laughs> and one of the things that I thought was very interesting there, uh, the, the rumor that was going around that the Germans and the Americans were being booted too, and the military junta came out and said, no, 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 that's not true. This is only about France. So that just, again, that solidifies for me my belief that this was, this was organized by us uh, against France. And it looks like it may be us and Germany against France. Although I don't know why Germany would want to be working with us ever since we blew up Nord Stream 2. Uh, so, and, and 
you know, ECOWAS, this is the organization that was, looks like it was, from what I can tell, was created by the United Nations, the United States, and France. ECOWAS, when the military coup was declared, issued threats of uh, military force if they didn't uh, reverse course within a week. And, of course, the week passed, and uh, they uh, did. They have not intervened militarily. So, uh, nice credibility uh, uh, play there. <laughs> I, usually, when you when you administer a military threat like that, you need to follow through. Otherwise, your future military threats won't carry a lot of weight. The West African nations had given an ultimatum. This was just after the coup was announced. They said, reinstate President Bazoum in a week or face military action. Well, three weeks have passed since. Bazoum has not been reinstated and the West African nations have not invaded. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably why they're celebrating. And they're emboldened. They uh, have essentially organized a mob to lay siege to the embassy. And they've cut off the power, they've cut off the water, and they've cut off any food deliveries. So I think that there's a conflict coming. This makes fr France much more beholden to the West, to the United States, to Europe. They it, Right now, if they ever want anything, any of their position back in Africa, they really need to come begging to us because China isn't going to help them regain their position. They're begging us to. Well, I don't have anything on South Africa where they are, uh, where I guess black mobs are killing white farmers. I didn't have time to go uh, into that, but... Uh, so I guess I'm just going to have to leave my China update right there. That's the last time I'm playing that Tarzan. That's too loud. It's too... I, I'm sorry. I, it's, that's too much to be playing in people's ears. Um, oh, I'll play... I don't know if anybody caught. Oliver Anthony put out a new video where he responds to the response to his track, uh, Richmond, North of Richmond. And the track is, uh, of course, just skyrocketed and it's uh, everybody's got a different take on it and it's been politicized by the right and by the left. And it was used as part of the Republican debate on Fox News. I think it was the first question. Uh, he, they played a part of the song. And uh, that prompted him, that, the response to that prompted him to post this video. And it's an interesting video. I have excerpted portions of it uh, so that you don't have to hear the whole thing, but I, hopefully I've, I've, I've caught the essence of what he was saying. The one thing that has bothered me and you have to love it. This guy is sitting in his truck. He Everything about him comes across as so authentic. And it's so slick that I almost, I, I feel like somebody is, somebody's producing him. But that does, I don't mean that like, that somebody big in corporate is producing him. I just mean, 
either he is savvy or he's got somebody around him who is savvy because uh, he is presenting himself just right. The one thing that has bothered me is seeing people wrap politics up into this. It's aggravating seeing people on conservative news try to identify with me like I'm one of them. It's aggravating seeing certain musicians and politicians act like we're buddies and and act like we're fighting the same struggle here, like that we're trying to present the same message. Now that made some people on the right a little bit upset. Why is he saying we, we're his supporters? Why would he say this? Uh, I think you need to... Well, first of all, you got to cut him a little bit of slack. The guy is all of a sudden in the global spotlight, and he's trying to navigate it, and he's getting pressure from all over the place. And in this moment, he's responding to uh, the use of his song in the Republican convention. And I mean, not convention, the debate. And frankly, just about everybody up on that stage, if not everybody, is a millionaire. Maybe not necessarily north of Richmond, but they all want to be the millionaire north of Richmond, don't they? That's the job they're basically auditioning for. And so nobody should be surprised that he's essentially saying, no, these people shouldn't think that they can step up and, and stand stand by my side as though I, as though I wrote this identifying with them. To me, it only makes him more authentic. It seems like certain people want to just ride the attention of this song to maybe make them their own selves relevant, and that's aggravating as hell. It was funny seeing my song in the. It was fun. It was funny seeing it at the presidential debate, because it's like I wrote that song about those people, you know. So for them to have to sit there and listen to that, uh, that cracks me up. <laughs> that song is written about the people on the on that stage, and a lot more too, not just them, but but definitely them. But I hate, I do hate to see that song being weaponized. I see the right trying to characterize me as one of their own, and I see the left trying to, um, trying to discredit me, I guess in retaliation. Now, my guess is that this guy probably is of the left, I, I, if he's political at all. He probably leaned left. He was probably raised in a, in a, in a Democrat environment, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's totally apolitical, but uh, I, I just—it only makes it more authentic because the, you know, really, he—I I don't know if he identifies with MAGA, but MAGA definitely identifies with him in that the, Donald Trump—he split the Republican Party. It's the split is still there. You had never Trumpers. And the never Trumpers were marginalized. Why? Because enough people who had formerly been on the left but have had their eyes opened to how insane and radical the left has become and how, how uh, literally uh, uh, dangerous they've become to, to their way, to, to the average person's way of life, left or right. Those people were willing to cross over to vote for Donald Trump regardless of the letter next to his name because of what Donald Trump was saying. And so the never-Trumpers were totally marginalized. And I think this guy represents exactly that kind of person. 
I have no idea. I don't know if he voted for Trump or not, but clearly what he said resonates exactly in that core. Uh, that has got to stop. There may be some people who who misunderstood my words in Richmond, North of Richmond. You know, the words say that there's people on the street with nothing to eat in the obese milk and welfare. That references a news article I read earlier this summer that adolescent kids in Richmond are missing meals over the summer because their parents can't afford to feed them and they're not in school to eat cafeteria lunch. And meanwhile, I think like 30 or 40 percent of the food bought with welfare or EBT money is um, is in a classification of like snack food and soda. I think 10 percent spent on soda, and I want to say like 20 or 30 percent spent on junk food. And that's not the fault of those people. Welfare only makes up a, a small percentage of our budget. You know, we can we can fuel a proxy war in a foreign land, but we can't take care of our own. That's all the song's trying to say. It's just saying that the government takes people who are needy dependent and makes them needy independent. Uh, hard to disagree with that. My guess is that this guy loves America, loves our founding, and probably his politics lean more towards having a larger social safety net than your average conservative would be comfortable with, maybe. But you know what? As Jeremy uh, points out, and I agree with, this is really no longer about left and right. This is about Marxism versus our founding. And so I'm not ideological about left or right or conservative at this point. If you're of the left and you believe in a larger safety net than I do, we can probably find a lot of other common ground in our agreement, in our founding, in our constitution, in our potential, in our desire to form a more perfect union, in our hatred of Marxism a recognition of the threat that it poses. And that was uh, what Oliver Anthony had to say. I'm sure we will hear from him again. Uh, I don't know. You know, will he be able to put out another hit as big as Richmond, North of Richmond? I know he's had another song since then, but it certainly hasn't had the traction that that one had. Uh, I, I hope he does. The guy, he he like he could end up being like the 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 Dylan of this moment potentially. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see. Um, and I don't mean uh, I, I you know a good Dylan. Uh, let's see, what do I have here? Oh oh, <laughs> so you know I've talked in the past about. Uh, eugenics, uh, the eugenic connection to the master race theory, uh, which of course was the uh, cornerstone of the Nazi movement and the Holocaust, um, and the uh, Western elite uh, uh, connection to it and their uh, continued connection to eugenics. 
uh, as we see manifest in any number of ways, from uh, genital mutilation, sterilization, abortion, uh, 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 any number of ways, um, you know, really population control is what it comes down to. And I've played clips from the Club of Rome and uh, authors that they have celebrated who basically speak about their uh, the, the notion that, you know, really the, the cap that the earth can contain people-wise is 8 billion, which, by the way, that's what we're at now. We're at 8 billion. Uh, but they've been saying this, of course, for uh, a, a decade, 50 years now. And uh, uh, I came across a couple of clips uh, as I was looking for... John Kerry uh, made some pretty... Uh, Crazy statements this week, and in looking for that, I tripped across a few that just really blew me away. Prince Philip, Prince Philip, of course, the uh, now, uh, Prince Philip is dead. He was the husband uh, of uh, of the Queen of England, who is also now dead, uh, having passed the mantle on to her son. And uh, this is some old footage of. Prince Philip. This is from 1984, an interview in 1984. Listen to this. What do you think are the most serious issues faced by conservationists and World Wildlife Fund over the next 20 years or so? 95% of the whole of the uh, Atlantic rainforest in Brazil has, has disappeared in the last 100 years. There is simply nowhere for these animals to live. At the basis of it all is this colossal increase in the human population it's one of of the, of the living species of the planet but it's it's reaching plague proportions uh did he just say that humanity is reaching plague proportions increase in the human population it's one of of the, of the living species of the planet but it's it's reaching plague proportions <laughs> oh, wow that's in 1984 the elites have been planning for depopulation, i.e. murder, through various means, humane, humane means, perfectly humane means, for a very long time. Here is another clip from Prince Philip. Uh, I, I was unable to identify how many years later. It looks like it's about maybe 30 years later. What do you see as the biggest challenges in, in conservation? Yeah, the, the growing human population. Because if where we are, there's nothing else. This has been a lifelong thing for him. Listen, I'll play again the earlier clip just so you can hear how young he sounds. Atlantic rainforest in Brazil has, has disappeared in the last hundred years. Yeah, the, the growing human population. Because if where we are, there's nothing else. Who's we? Who's we? His elites. The elites. And do you have views about what should be done about that? Can't you guess? <laughs> Can't you guess? How coy. Uh, well, it could be on a, on a spectrum from mass sterilization to... No, no, no. Uh, to oh, no, 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 no. We progressives would never do that. Only that's exactly what progressives did that led to the master race theory and the Holocaust. 
to, uh, you know, greater availability of contraception. I don't know. I don't know what your views are as to what can be done about it. Well, I think, I think uh, it might be described as voluntary family limitation. Voluntary family limitation from the royal family of England. Are you kidding me? They, they are the high watermark of consumption in their culture. <laughs> Uh, if they want to cut down on consumption, give up all the private jets, give up all the land, give up all the spending. And it's voluntary. It's only voluntary until not enough people volunteer. And he passed it down to his grandson. In my lifetime... We've seen global wildlife populations decline by over half. Uh, that's Prince William. He's saying we've seen global wildlife populations decline by half in his lifetime. Africa's rapidly growing human population is predicted to more than double by 2050. So the wait, 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 wait. Let me just play that again. In my lifetime, we've seen global wildlife populations decline by over half. Africa's rapidly growing human population is predicted to more than double by 2050. Africa's population is predicted to double by 19 by 19 uh, uh, by 2050. And this was 3 years ago that this uh, clip was posted. Uh yeah, but not if we have a whole bunch of coups and a bunch of wars. That'll be convenient to to put a stop to that. Especially because that the population there is young and of fighting age. A little bit of population control to be had there. A staggering increase of three and a half million people per month. There is no question that this increase puts wildlife and habitats under enormous pressure. We're going to have to work much harder and think much deeper if we are to ensure that human beings and the other species of animal with which we share this planet can continue to coexist. What do you think they're planning? It's now this is an intergenerational desire to curb the population. And of course, they get to decide what is the right kind of population. Who should be able to be? Who should be able to be? <laughs> Here's John Kerry from two years ago. I found this while looking for the clip from a week ago, which we'll get to next. This is from two years ago where he died. Uh, I'll just let him say it. And we are going to start an effort that communicates to our country with other leaders in other countries managing their countries in an effort called World War Zero. World War Zero. The effort to globally recognize there's only a world solution to this war. Because I'll tell you what. The purveyors of doubt and lies and distortion have declared war on common sense and science. And we need to fight back. So they see it as a war and they see the number one problem as population. Are you beginning to see where this goes? This, these are the scariest times we've ever witnessed. We're on the verge of making the Holocaust look like a preamble. They flatly. This is from this is uh, John Kerry's comments. 
this week at an event at the Signet Library. And listen to this. They flatly deny what is happening to our planet and what we must do to save it. They incite a movement against what they falsely label climate change fanaticism. They compound the already difficult challenge of the climate crisis by promising to do more of exactly what created this crisis in the first place. So now, humanity is inexorably threatened by humanity itself. <laughs> we have nothing to fear but humanity itself. Do you, do, this, is the, this is the kind of language before a holocaust. They're dehumanizing people who disagree with them. Is inexorably... Now, humanity is inexorably threatened by humanity itself. By those seducing people into buying into a completely fictitious alternative reality where we don't need to act and we don't even need to care. So if you don't agree with them, you're dangerous. That is eliminationist rhetoric. Uh, these people are nuts. Uh, and uh, this whole movement makes people nuts. This is from this is from Australia. Uh, Nick McKim. Nick McKim. Nick McKim is a green. I don't know if they call him Green Party down there, uh, but he's a green, and he was speaking uh, in Parliament and gave uh, he he went absolutely ballistic on. Uh, somebody from the other side who must have interrupted him. You can't really tell from the recording. It sounds like he gets interrupted and he just melts down. Like Fukushima. The planet is literally cooking. Mate, you can shut your mouth. Uh, you can Senator, shut your Senator mouth. McKim. People Senator are Sociopaths like you. <laughs> Sociopaths, nice. That's projection. <laughs> this guy's yeah, you're a sociopath. You sociopaths like you. Senator McKim. No, I'm not going to cop interjections from sociopaths like Senator Canavan. Senator I will resume not your seat. Up. And what they've got to answer for is death, disease, displacement, starvation, people dying of thirst, arable farming lands turning into desert, and most likely billions of people dead by the end of this century, and the collapse of the ecosystems that actually support all human life on this planet. That's what people like Senator Canavan have got to answer for. Ah, sure looks to me like they are getting ready uh, for genocide. <laughs> I mean, progressives have done it before. They're going to do it again. They've decided who is worthy of living and who is worthy of dying. And it's anybody who disagrees with them. Well, that's a bright and cheery ending to this to this episode. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Hanging in there. Half the hosts, half the
the show. Half the time. We're in and out in an hour. You like that? People have been telling me they like that. So, uh, silver lining to Jeremy not being here. Uh, thank you to our producers, Jeff and Elkhorn, Janice in Arizona. Uh, Big DNA Z wrote in as well with concern about the show, offering encouragement. Thank you. And a number of others. I'm sorry I'm not naming everybody. But you know who you are. And, uh, well, I guess stay baited. It's so much easier to sign off when I have Jeremy here. Jeremy, we need you. Jeremy, are you listening? All right, ladies and gentlemen, until the next episode of the Truth Date Podcast, stay baited. And now back into the sea of clickbait with us all.